Love Talk Radio. Ta-da. Well, isn't that a lovely way to start a show that is yeah. all about Sir Richard Dr. Ministry Flint? <laughs> My his co-host <laughs> here in charge today, Dr. Deb Carlin, or just Debbie Webby, as I used to announce when I was about four years old. I must have been, you know, don't you think I was foreseeing the internet? My name is Debbie Webby. <laughs> okay, that could have many different ramifications to it. <laughs> it really could. And, you know, every single month holds special meaning for us across the calendar year, and Richard and I have talked to us talk to us. Yeah, we have. We've talked to ourselves about this and one another. And November is certainly an opportunity to turn to the theme of appreciation. So we have a lot to talk about every time we come on. And in a year where each one of us has felt the struggle of the virus, some people some people have been calling it the gift, the gift from China. And so between the struggle of the virus and the, and the fear of, of civil unrest, both of which produce uncertainty. What are you finding yourself to be grateful about in spite of all that? Because what we know for our mental health is that having appreciation and gratefulness really makes a difference in your health. Your attitude is everything, right? Well, and I tell you, a lot has happened since we were here last Tuesday. Oh my goodness gracious. I mean, you know, I thought our world couldn't get, well, our country couldn't get much crazier, but uh, I think it has gone to, from crazy to mental illness. Well, it is. It is mental, uh, it is mental illness. You know, Richard, I've seen, I've seen people, I've been so taken aback by this. I've seen people on the news say this and then pivot 180 degrees or 45 or 90 degrees and just go adrift. And I'm thinking to myself, I know they all wear an earbud. Is someone just whispering in their ear or barking in their ear what to say and what perspective to have? Go to the left, go to the right. You know, when I was in high school, we used to say, go to the left, go to the right. Go team, go team, fight, 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 because they were doing something athletic. But this is people's lives, and people are on sides, and people are switching sides, and people are bashing sides. And you and I have never done any bashing. We have expressed concerns here and tried to open up conversation that is, as we say, no apologies, open and honest content. But the thing that is so troublesome to me is the sarcasm, the disrespect, the assumptiveness, the um, the the out and out disregard for people's feelings? I don't care who you are, whether you're Mr. Biden or you're Mr. Trump or their families, any of their loved ones. People are getting hurt by all the vile thinking and then expressions that come out of people's mouths and the bad behaviors that follow. You know, I sat here for the very first time. And Sunday morning, 
did my morning gratitude and prayers, went for a walk, came in, sat down in my den, had a cup of coffee, and I just started crying. And as I as I sat there, the phrase that ran through my mind, and I'll try not to cry as I say it, how could this be done? How could this happen to the American people? Who who can be so cruel as to put a nation of people through this? Where people are so frightened, so uncertain, committing suicide, getting so depressed, feeling so anxious, and and people are are uh, are isolating and incubating beyond what is required and just like this this world stay away and wondering what to do. I just kept saying that who could be so cruel to the American people? The American people are a great people. Well, I don't think, and Deb, this is me, and no apologies for what I'm about to say, Yeah. but I don't think the majority of the Democratic leadership gives a damn about the American people. Yeah. I think that they have an agenda, and that agenda is this is who we're going to, this is the nation we're going to create, come hell or high water. Yeah. And we don't care what you think or what you feel, but this is, this is where we're going. But the challenge I have with that uh, in saying that is I don't think that's the majority. I think that's a minority. They have become so entrenched in in, in their power mongering. And you, you know this this whole election uh, was not about who is the best for president. No, it was not. No, it was about we can't control President Trump. And he won't play by our rules. Right. And the lies that were spread, uh, the the fraud that's been created, the lack of, you know, ethical behavior in the election process. Yeah. And I don't care what, what anybody says. I think there has been voting fraud. And I think that voting fraud, you know, when you hear about the fact that uh, ballots were just counted, but there was no signature check. Yeah, right. That uh, in some places, there were more people that voted that were actually registered in that area. Right. Uh, Karen's dad went to mail a letter on Sunday, and he couldn't get the letter in the mailbox because the box was completely full of ballots. Oh, my God. Couldn't even get the letter in the box. Uh, I mean, this to me is one of probably one of the darkest moments in the history of our country. What state was that in? Virginia. You know, there, do you know who I'm talking about when I say Vaughn? I guess he was the, the press secretary for. President Obama. I think I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah, a young black man. He was actually on television. I mean, this is my eyewitness report, and he is saying we 
need to get the lists. We, we're making lists of all the people who were supporting Trump and getting in our way. Really? What are you going to do with that list? Are you going to come and collect us? Because if you want to intimidate people, let me tell you, I feel uncomfortable. Just like people said in Ferguson, well, we've burned up Ferguson. Now we're going to go over to University City in Clayton, and we're going to make those people feel uncomfortable. Well, those people being white people who are discriminated against, and I'm not discriminating. I'm not discriminating against any group of people by color. I discriminate against people by behavior. I don't care what color you are, what gender you are, what age you are, or what your religion is. If you're a good person, fantastic. And, And yet he's talking about building these lists. And I'm thinking to myself, okay. And then I witness on the news, and Nancy Pelosi had a reporter ask her, You know, you're asking people to denounce all kinds of things. Are you willing to denounce socialism? Are you willing to deny? Are you willing to absolutely assure the American people that you are not pro-socialism and supporting this far-left agenda? Well, she did what she likes to do anytime she wants to do it. She refuses to answer. Wait a second. I thought you worked for us. You're our employee. I want to know. I want to know where you stand. But then I see AOC on the TV yesterday, and she says she doesn't feel supported enough by the Democratic Party now because there are Democrats in Congress who are coming out and saying, we need to stop with the far extreme left, and we need to stop talking about socialism because it's actually really un-American. And I thought, when did you wake up? I mean, good morning. I'm glad that you've arrived. But when did you wake up? Before the election? During the election or now post-election, when we think we still need to be counting ballots, well, where are they? And how are we going to sift through the ones that the dead people did? Mm-hmm. I think we need to have a, a complete redo the election. Uh, you and I both know that's not going to happen. I know. But, I mean, I uh, <clears throat> people, people say Trump should just admit he lost and go on. But until it's proven that he lost, but there is there's so much deception going on that the things that would probably show up as evidence of fraud are going to, are going to be hidden. They're going to be destroyed. Very much so. I watch as every as every day goes by, it becomes clearer and clearer that there was deception. There was fraud. I watched Chuck Schumer talk yesterday, and he told one myth after the next. Now, I remember clearly, clearly, and you can probably pull it up on YouTube unless they've taken it down. Hillary Clinton saying to Joe Biden, do not concede under any circumstance. This is yours. This is ours. This was before the election. Yeah. And yet, who is who is one of the first voices to scream out against our current president, who, excuse me, the media is now treating as though he's not. And there and 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 Chuck Schumer is saying yesterday that the the person 
in the White House who signs off on the election is over, this president's out, the new president's in, these are the transition papers. He's very upset with her and is trying to intimidate her into, you will sign these documents. I hope she's in protective custody. Well, yeah, because she is skeptical about signing the documents. She absolutely she refuses. refusing to sign them. Yeah. And, and you know, um, if I'm thousands of miles away and I'm uncomfortable and I'm, un- and I'm intimidated, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine what it's like to be up close and personal to all this. And, and last night, actually, I'm working here at the computer and I've got two monitors and I see on the monitor on my right as my emails are coming up and flashes across my screen that it said President Trump is going live at four o'clock on YouTube press conference. And I thought, well, I want to see that, you know? Okay. So I say, I'm looking, his team of three people came out. um, And the first one was his press secretary, Kaylee, who I think is amazing. That woman's got elegance and grace. She laid, she's not intimidated. She is really incredibly courageous. Yes. She is not intimidated. That young lady is young enough to be not just my daughter, but probably my granddaughter or close to it. And I consider her a role model for me. And and she talked and then a, another young lady spoke and then a, a gentleman spoke. And I'm not sure what their titles were on the team. But President Trump never came out. And I didn't know if it was planned for him to or not. And I was hoping, 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 hoping. Every day I'm hoping, can we have some news? Can we have something solid? I mean, I'm feeling very, very impaired on my functionability because I'm so distracted knowing, you know, not knowing. Well, yeah, I don't think, I don't think the election will be reversed. I think there's enough enough corruption in place uh, that I think that Biden will be president. And then I look at the things that he's going to do on his first day as president, all the things he wants to do. And the, the, one, the one that uh, bothers me the most is that he's going to roll back the tax cut that President Trump implemented. That tax cut put money in people's pockets. Yeah. And so he's going to take that away. And you know what? I, I People are going to be punished. Lives are going to be punished. <clears throat> yes, they are. And, you know, as I look at the people that he's even looking at to fill his cabinet with, uh, it's frightening. And then this transition, this uh, virus transition team that he's put together, uh, they're not about, you know, moving forward with the, with, the, uh, with the drugs. They're about slowing it down. And, you know, Biden's whole focus was on the virus, that, you know, what that Trump didn't care. But what he did was amazing. And then Biden says he's going to lift the travel ban 
from the Muslim countries and other countries where President Trump put a travel ban, all we're going to do is open our country back up to more of the virus. And more people who hate America. Mm -hmm. But it's the land of opportunity to come in and annihilate and change everything. I, 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 I am terrified that if you are correct, and I know that people are, I mean, I've had people uh, laugh at me and say, you know, that's absurd. You're ridiculous. Okay. I would really like to be wrong. I promise I would really like to be wrong in my experience, my knowledge, my awareness, and my understanding, and my intuition. But what I think is, as much as I, I, I am holding faith, President Trump gets to remain in office to find the restoratives for people suffering with the virus. I'm not a vaccine person. I don't want to participate in that. There's things about vaccinations that I, uh, I know are lethal from a chemical standpoint, but I will not argue with people who want to do it. Just don't tell me what I have to do with my body. I do not approve of the the the, the condescending uh, dictatorship of implanting a chip into people. It's one thing to put it in your pet in case they get lost so you can find them. They're animals. We're humans. Um, I'm terrified that it's going to be exactly what Joe, Bi- Joe Biden said, and that is a mandatory mask. Like all the time in your house, in your uh, in your car, you know, and there will be arrests made if you don't cooperate. Uh, and I and, and I the social distancing and the lockdown of the of the country again. I believe that they will do that, that he will do that because they are desperate to get control, because if they don't, what's it all about? President Trump as a non-politician walked in and saw much more corruption in our beautiful American government than he ever saw in business around the globe. And when he started talking about clean out the swamp, oh boy, that was the wrong tactic, Mr. President. You should have been discreet, not cavalier, not called names, not made up names for situations, been an elegant gentleman and gone about your business and done the business. Because guess what? I respect the outcomes that you've gotten on a whole handful of things, but you didn't clean out the swamp. Well, but there is a, there is a power that is in place behind the politicians. That the politicians really are just puppets for a, a group that is behind that. I understand that, but he still didn't do anything. Yeah. What did he do? Well, I'm not sure what he could have done. I mean, I think he, he tried the best he could by bringing in uh, the fact that we, that the United States is a business. And yeah. it's a business of the people for the people. Yeah. And yet Washington is about controlling the people. And, Deb, I think if things progress the way that uh, it may be, I think we may be in a time in the next year of just social unrest that you can't contain. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not sure if it's, if it's safer to live out in the countryside or in the city. Yeah. 
know, and I can I can see widespread anarchy because I think now there are a bunch of people uh, who believe with the election of Biden as president, we can do and say anything we want to do and say, and there'll be no consequences. So I'm going to tell you a true story, and you tell me what you think this is about. So a friend of mine who owns a gun store, it's a huge gun store, and he's got all kinds of customers. And a gentleman comes in there and he says, you know, I've got guns. I need some more. And and I need ammunition. And he said, okay, you know, a lot of people, you know, you're in good company. A lot of people are coming in. And he, and he said, are you okay? I mean, it looks like you got assaulted. And the gentleman says, yeah. Now, this is a white man. He was beaten up. He had all of his teeth knocked out. And he said he was in that neighborhood and he was he was going through a drive through and he got boxed in by two cars that came over. He had his 10-year-old daughter in the front seat with them. They opened up her door, ripped her out of the car, threw her down on the ground and started beating her and kicking her. These are people of a different race who were doing this. He tried to get out of his door they trapped him in. He tried to get out the other door, and they wouldn't let him out. Not until they had broken her arm and beat her silly, and then they pulled him out and beat him to a pulp. Did they say why? No. Not a word. And I was so sickened, I didn't get more of the story than that. But to me, and this is not a man who makes up stories. This was a man who I know very well who had a customer come in out of desperation and just absolutely out of his mind. You know, I, I, I can't even relate. I cannot. Uh, was, it the, was it the customer who got beaten up or the owner of the gun shop? The customer came in looking for the guns to buy. He said, I have to <coughs> protect my daughter and I, and I don't even know how to do that. And he thought that they were fine because they're middle class. They live in an integrated neighborhood. There hasn't been trouble, and 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 this was the treatment that they got. And you know, the question is, where do we go? And 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 by the way, I said something early on in our episodes in terms of my worst fear and what do I think is going on. I think that there is a massive campaign to just annihilate white folks. Caucasians have gotten in the way for too long and all those people who are Caucasian, including political leaders who are paving the way and opening the door and letting people in, if they think that they are going to get a, hey, we love you dearly card for Thanksgiving and for Christmas and New Year's and Valentine's, I think that we're going to see a massive racial annihilation of white people. I do. And I don't think that there's any reason for it. I have, I have people of all colors. Bless you. I have people of all colors incorporated into my life and, and have is for as long as I can remember. And it never even occurred to me to think about it until a few years ago when I was, I was, I was being interviewed about, um, Ferguson and Michael Brown and I had a I had a radio interview and a, and a 
um, the guest, the host of the show I was the guest on said, well, Dr. Carlin, what do you think we ought to do about, you know, race relations in Ferguson and Michael Brown? I said, I think we need to stop talking about race. I think we need to start talking about family values. I think we need to talk about communities and how we come together and we live together. As long as people are looking at me as a white woman and I'm a threat and they're another color for me, how can we have a conversation? I wanted to go to Ferguson with my entire heart, every bit of my intellectual capability, my, my years of work on peace projects and on negotiation and on stress management and on, on facilitation, and I wanted to help that community. And you know what I knew? I could not go as a white woman. Well, but Ferguson and all of these places, it's really not about race. No. You know, it's it's about um, just violence. And And race is the card they play. The violence, in my opinion, children learn what they live. When children grow up in homes that are filled with um, humiliation and fear and anger, when when your children are picked up and bused to another part of the community on the other side of town, and your home school, your school in your neighborhood is shut down, and your neighborhood becomes a ghetto, and marriages are broken, and and people are are you know, needing to work and children are alone and not escorted through the day during the times that they're there or they don't want to go to the bus and they don't want to be bused across the the community and you have gangs forming. Everybody wants a sense of belonging. So they came together, but they came together out of angry. They didn't come together out of love and nurturing. I don't think that we should have in any community anywhere not one single block in the United States of America, impoverishment. We've got more than enough abundance not to give to people, but to teach people and to employ people so that they are creating goodness every single where they are, and not illegally, but legally. The foundation of this country, to me, has been about God, family, Okay, and the right the right to have the life you want and work for it. Yeah. And so what have we done? We've slowly taken God out of it. And the next four years, you're going to see more and more of God disappearing from this country. I know. I mean, you, you watch it. It's, it's going to happen. And we're going to see more and more uh, dissolving of the American family. And, you know, we, and a lot of this, I don't care what your race is, a lot of this has been the abandoning of parents being parents to the kids. I agree. But the kids are not being raised by parents today. They're being raised by outside forces. And the greed in our country, the, the desire to have what I want when I want it, 
and the willingness to sacrifice everything, including family, to get it. It's slowly just eaten away at the foundation and the fabric of this country. Uh, and am I concerned? Absolutely. Because I could see civil war. I can I can see how there could even even be a coup within government. Because, you know, there's a, a betting pool now going on in Las Vegas of how long will Biden be president? Mm-hmm. Not long. Because I believe, you know, and I really think that probably uh, within six to eight months, he will be removed. I don't give it that long. I think the man's going to be in there for maybe a couple months at best. And then that's it. You know, here's the thing. And, and I pray that we are, we are both wrong about everything. And, and we need to find a way in the midst of this as we're wrapping our minds around it and talking and, you know, being supportive of one another in the, in the friendship that we share and, and this show platform as people are listening and hearing our concerns I invite everybody, I think we all need to invite everybody to do the research and and see what is palatable. Think it through and ask yourself, what is it, if President Bush had come out and not been so brash and had not been impolite in the ways that he was in name-calling, but if you, he, know, you said President Bush. You, you, mean to say President you know, Trump? I keep doing that. I don't know why that is. Who you your left earlobe two times in the little race that <laughs> Oh, left. Um, if President Trump had come out and been more presidential in the ways that people wanted, I mean, it's it is embarrassing to have people calling it, calling names and and doing those things. But if if you put on an objective list the Middle East peace talks and success, the, the, the ways in which he made a, a difference in the deals with China, which he made them, and then I think they're furious, the ways in which we haven't been in a, in a, in a war the last four years, uh, right? I mean, have we? Have we been in a war and he destroyed ISIS? The economy has been better than it has been. The stock market's been better than it has been. And people say, well, that's just for the wealthy people. No, it's not. There are people who have got $10,000 and $5,000 invested in the stock market. They're not wealthy, but people have been able to make tremendous wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, when we've got the, the, um, the lack of unemployment and the, lack, and the boost of employment prior to this coronavirus, if you make that list and you compare it to what Mr. Biden did the last 47 years that he's been in in politics, one is a long list and one is a short list. One is an honorable list and the other is a very convoluted list. And why is it that people aren't looking and seeing the things that Mr. Biden did that were actually against the platform that he's standing on now? Does anybody care I don't think anybody really cares. So I think that what we have to do is 
find a way to have um, a massive movement to maintain the American spirit and and live together in pockets of the country where we can live as Americans. Because until the government and the military gets cleaned up by I don't know who, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I'm not used to saying that. Well, I think that, you know, the only thing, you know, I, I wrote a uh, Facebook uh, post on this this morning, that the only thing that you and I can do right now is to look around the world that we have. And what can I do to continue to have a positive effect on my little spirit of influence, my little world. Right. And, and not get so distracted um, by the, the big picture. Right before we came on, I was on the call with a, a young lady in Milwaukee. And, I mean, she is so distraught because she cannot believe that Wisconsin went Democrat and that you know that everything that was there was pointing that this would be a victory for President Trump but again the amount of um, the amount of um, fraud that was going on I was talking yesterday to my uh former corporate attorney, and this is one of, the, one of the most brilliant men I've ever met. And I was asking him, do you see what's in front of us today? And he said, Richard, you probably will never be the country you were. If, if the Democrats pull off taking the Senate and they have control of everything, then what is what is the absolute right thing for this country can be derailed by Washington. I was also hearing this morning that there are a tremendous, well, not tremendous, but a, a number of representatives in the House that are terrified of the far-left agenda. Yeah, I've heard that and, too. Yeah, and that... Uh, they're going to have to take a stand. And, and there is the possibility that uh, Nancy Pelosi will not have the strength to be reelected as the Speaker of the House. But I think that woman is so evil that I think she'll do anything to retain that position because she knows if Biden is removed, she becomes Vice President. Yeah. I think that I think the lady is evil. I don't think she cares about this country. <clears throat> well, she doesn't demonstrate that she cares about the country. That's for damn sure. She and she lives by a very double standard. When I saw her, when I saw her um, rip up the president's speech. Yeah. On international TV, 
You know, it's just like what the media is doing. Excuse me. The man's name is President Trump. You don't call him Trump. And you do not call Mr. Biden Joe. And you do not call him president-elect. The elections are not finalized. And there's a level of informality and disrespect that has taken place in this country that I find absolutely horrifying. I would never think Paul a person of prestige. I mean, even if I meet people who I disrespect, who I do not like, I, I refer to them respectfully because they're in a position that you defer to. I mean, it, it, it's just such a clear cut message. And when she ripped up that speech, I thought to myself, that's a legal record that you just destroyed. And you did this for show. Why? Because she hated the president so much. So anything in every any way in four years that she can, you know, stand in the way, she has done it. And she's proven this lately by holding back the money that people need. Uh. There is no reason why this uh, this bailout money uh, could not be spent. I mean, what is it? Uh, $157 million of that money is still being held up because she won't allow it to be released. It's, it's, it's all about her playing God. I and I, I don't understand how the people that are elected there, Democrat or Republican, can allow her to have so much control over them that even if they don't agree with her, they'll vote for what she wants. You know, you know, there are solutions, but I'm not sure this country can, I'm not sure this country can come together. And I tell you, that one of the first things I think needs to happen, and I wish it would happen, would be we would institute term limits. So no one can build a kingdom. You know, let let a senator be elected for four years. Let a person in the House be elected for two or three years. But you cannot run again. You can't build a kingdom. Because when you can build a kingdom, you're collecting power. And so many of these people in Washington owe so many favors to so many people that they... They're not there to represent this country and to represent me, the people. I know. They're there because of the gains that they can get from it. These people are becoming multimillionaires off of the American people. What What in the world <clears throat> is it that we do about that? Well, I think we do away with the PACs, the political action groups. Because they own so many of these politicians. They give them so much money and so many perks. And I just can't believe that there's not a watch group out there that would take someone like a Nancy Pelosi and put her life under a microscope and show how she is bought. Schumer. I can't believe they don't put him under a microscope like they've done the president. And show 
how he has been bought and how no one will take him to task. I mean, we're, we're in a situation where wrong is becoming right and no one is standing up saying, stop, stop. We need to look at this. And I'm just hoping that maybe there'll be enough Democratic uh, Democrats in the House of Representatives that will not allow, not allow this far-left movement to take place. Well, I'll tell you what. It, it certainly looks to me like there's mounting evidence. I mean, I'm looking at my phone here, and I'm, and I'm seeing message after message email after email about things that are going on that are, you know, good news. The stock market is up. People have confidence that the president's going to be reelected. You know, I mean, it is, it is, by the way, it's a Memorial Day for me. Because in 1995, on this date, my father died. He would have been 99 years old this year, as of this past August 17th, 1921. My father fought in World War II. He was he was not in overt battle. He was in covert battle in China and in India. And I didn't know until after he passed away, Israel. And he was a brilliant man, and he served this country. And he was a loyal veteran. He never talked about it. He didn't refer to himself as a veteran. But he honored this country, and he was a true, loyal American. We always had the flag hanging out appropriately for holidays. It was not up all the time, and it was you put it up at dawn, you take it down at dark unless you have a light on it. You don't have it in the rain and the snow. And and my mother had served in World War II as a, a secretary, administrative assistant for a general who somehow magically allowed for there to be a pathway for my parents to have radio communication while he was gone. They were loyal Americans. She also would have turned 99 this past October on the 22nd. You know, as much as I miss my mom and dad, and she's been gone for 10 years now, I am really grateful in my heart that they are not here to witness what it is that's happening. I think it would be harder on them than it is on me by a long shot. And I'm finding it to be very difficult. I mean, how is this America and and why is it that there are people, I look on my Facebook, there are so many people on social media, on Facebook in, in, in particular, it's a loose mouth, anything goes platform, not on my page and not on my timeline. And people are, are, are vulgar, just vulgar. I just, I just delete them, hide them, unfollow them, unfriend them. And it, and it's, it's uh, you know, it's a place where a few years ago, what were we doing? Taking pictures of what we were drinking and eating. Taking pictures of the kids and the gardens and the new outfit and when selfies came out. Oh, my gosh, look at that. Oh, I can hold it up high and I look younger. <laughs> the 
Yeah, I think one of the things is that, that we're going to have to do, and I think it'll be done, is I think we're going to have to redefine what it means to be an American. Yeah, what is it? What what do what what is it to be an American? How do we define that? Yeah, but it's a it's a very loose word right now, and you know this country has always stood to the fact that we don't always have to agree, but we can find a pathway forward, and that's missing today. It's, it's not about find, finding a pathway for it. it. It's about making you my enemy if you don't agree with me. Yeah. And there can be no unity with that attitude. And, you know, Biden can talk about that. He doesn't see blue or red. He sees the United States. And I don't believe that. That to me is code for one party, and then no need for elections. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think that over the next few years, we may we may see the Constitution, you know, under attack. It's already the, under attack. Yeah, but even more to the point that so many of the the freedoms that we have. Are going to be taken away. I see it. And I just, I just hope, uh, and I pray that when these people who think that socialism is better start losing what they've had, that they wake up. And then what? We have to fight to get the country back. Yep. You know, I was here. I was here this morning. Uh, with a big part of the news that the 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 talk is already again that in 2020, I mean in 2024, that President Trump run again. Yeah, they've been talking about that. And our country just may be in the place where people are sick enough of what's being taken away from them. Because I don't hear you know, Biden or Harris talking about what they're going to do to strengthen this company, this country. What I hear him talking about is what they're going to do away with within this country. I know, me too. And yes, that concerns me. The thing that bothers <clears throat> and <clears throat> concerns me is the way to control people is to mask them, shut their mouth, isolate them, make them stay at home, impoverish them, don't let them come to work, get a lockdown on their money, ban travel, you can't transport. Um, I wonder when the gas stations will start to be controlled and gas prices will be more than anybody can afford. Mm-hmm. And electricity will be out or parceled. And we won't have we won't have the television. We won't have the phones. We won't have the internet. And then where will we go? Where will we go? We won't have any way to communicate with each other. What are we gonna do? And I think when that happens, if that happens, 
I think that's when you'll see the civil uprising. And where I think then people may take to the streets. Uh, I don't I don't know Deb the the future is just so unknown right now. Uh, but I think I think the virus is a way that can be used to control people. Yes, it is. You know, and, and I'll still come back to say I don't think the COVID virus was an accident. No. I think China knew exactly what they were doing. And it was a retaliation. Yeah, I believe that. I'm not sure they really understood the depth of what this virus could do. But I I don't believe no one will ever convince me it was an accident. No, I don't believe it was either. I mean, because, you know, they they talked for years about that the next war could be fought with a, a germ with germ warfare. Yeah. And this virus has proved that just one little micro or, or orgasm or one micro entity can completely take over a society. And we become a slave to this virus. And I I, I hope I'm wrong, but I think that Biden and his group will continue to use this virus to control people. And I hope I'm wrong. But I don't know. I mean, to me, the, the future is, to, you know, Biden talked about we're moving into dark times. If, if Trump was reelected, we're moving into dark times. I think the darkness is coming from him. Well, I'll tell you what, it feels pretty dark right now. Just about every single person I talk to is trying really hard to be upbeat and open and lovely and lively. And it's it's just not, you know, it's not happening. Yeah. I have a, a, a good friend in Austria, my British friend. Um, and she does, uh, you know, as, as most of my and our shows are, they're upbeat and we're happy and we're talking and we have serious talk, but we're not completely defeated, but it sure feels defeating today because this week has been feeling very defeating and, and violent and angry. Even the, even the, the, the parties in the street feel very angry to me because yet yeah, people are celebrating their hatred of something. The, um, the she goes hiking in the mountains or in Austria and I and I write her and say I love your posts I feel like I'm in the sound of music and that's lovely and then you hear on the news the crimes that are being committed the violent crimes in in Austria and in France right in Paris and it is just um, heinous to the point where you have to believe that there there is there's no safe space. Well, and you know that when people don't feel safe, then they hide. And right now, we don't feel safe because of the virus. Right now, we don't feel safe because of the uh, the violence. 
And so many people, you know, they tell me, I don't want to go out. And if you lock down the human spirit, then what you do is you, you take away people's beliefs. So I have a turnaround for us as we're saying this. When when I had my my beautiful home, my last beautiful home, it was in a gorgeous neighborhood, but the way that the electric company had set up the grid, every time we had a storm, the power went out. And I had fireplaces in my home and I and I always have uh candles and I um I thought to myself, you know what? Every time this happens, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to always have candles out, always have matches nearby. I have a huge fire pit in the back of the of the yard, and I will light a fire in the house. And if I need another distraction, I really didn't care what the weather was, by the way. Four seasons out of the year. Snow, unless it was raining. Um. I'd light a big fire out there or I'd light a big fire in my house and I would, I would sit on my floor on pillows and I would have my coffee table and I'd sit by the fire and I would have candles lit and I'd have beverages and food that I didn't need to open the refrigerator for. Cause I always had plenty of food that didn't have to come out of the refrigerator. And, um, I would write, I would hand write by candlelight. And I used that time, and I would play my guitar, and I would sing, and I would use that time for my inner peace and my inner development. Now, sometimes that would go on for three, four, five days, never longer than that. So that's different. But there are ways for each one of us to arise every day and dive into our peace and absolutely insist on it. And I, I think you've, you've got to find a way to stay connected rather than being disconnected. Very much so. And so one of the things that I've got, I've got, I've got a landline in addition to my mobile phone. I do too. And, and I'm not giving you that. And I'm not either. And, and I want to make sure that we have got um, one another's. You and I should have one another's, and we need to we need to maintain that privately. And it was just like when nine eleven happened. My mom and I I was in St. Louis, she was in Chicago, and I said, okay, we've already talked about if in the event of anything while we're apart, this was before we were living together all the time, then we have an action plan. I'm younger, I'm more mobile. It's easier for me. Stay put in the house. Don't leave. We both kept our landlines and our mobile lines, and I would go to her. Then what do you think would happen if we lost these? I think we'd be in a lot of trouble. What happens if we no longer have the Internet? I think we're we in a lot of trouble. Access to the Internet. Yeah, I think we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a vast movement that's behind the scenes that is all about controlling and taking control. Of course. And, 
you know, Deb, I, I hope people don't think that we're being mm-hmm. negative here because I don't see this as negative. I see this as just asking questions. Well, I do think it's negative because what we're doing is we're bringing up the negative side of something that we see, and that means we are living in the contrast of what we love and what we've always directed our life toward being. We have both always directed our life towards happiness and productivity and goodness and love and understanding the human condition and being helpful to our patients and clients and customers and friends and family. And and right now it is a negative scenario. We would be irresponsible and completely flaky if we didn't have a place to talk real about our concerns about what it is that's going on. Well, and what I see is what we're talking about is just concerns. And if you want to see the other side of this and you're listening to us, go to my Facebook page, go to Facebook and look me up and read the post that I put up there this morning. Ah. Uh, and, and and read what I had to what I had to say this morning. Uh, but I think this is not a time when we can just lean back and not be aware. Not lean. We can't just lean back and not be concerned. We can't just lean back and say whatever is. But it's a time where we got to express our concerns. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, on that note, Richard Flint, I love you dearly. By the grace of God, we're here to do this show and to have this relationship and this bond between us and do good work. Hope we, get to do it. we will continue. Peace out. All right. Take care. And to our listening audience, thank you so much for being here. We love you dearly, too. And we pray for everybody's health and safety and well-being. This is Dr. Deb Carlin and Richard Flint here on The K-Factor, where we believe in kindness.